Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Roberta is bringing up again that she does not want us dating and she was not happy with the fact that we dated Leah. We thought that we put this behind us, so it's leaving us very confused that she's going back and saying she still doesn't want us dating. It's never our timing, it's God's timing. I don't feel that it was God bringing Leah. Not to be a wife, no. But he brought her at that moment into our lives to get to know friends. This was not the intention. There is so many alarms going off in my head and I'm wondering what Roberta's intention is in bringing all of this up right now. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Seeking Sister Wife Edition. We are in our penultimate episode for the season, and I'm bummed. I'm really bummed. Obviously, I really like every show that I recap, but something about the TLC shows really have a special place in my heart, like in the Zig Sad World area of my heart space. And so I'm really sad to see, you know... Another season go by, another absolute banger of mess and unnecessary situations, and a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, This episode, we do tie up a few loose ends, Uh, so yeah, let's get into it, because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. We're going to start with Guy Liner, as we usually do when he's on the show, because it's not really much to talk about when he's there, so 
here we go. He's back in the Philippines from his, uh, you know, engagement trip with Ariel. And he and Squeaky have decided that they're going to introduce the kids. Well, tell the kids that they're engaged and introduce them to Ariel for the first time via Skype, video chat, whatever. Um, interestingly enough, Guy Liner says that he wants the kids to feel included and not to feel like the relationship is happening to them, which is interesting because I would think if that were the case, you would, you know, maybe give them more than three seconds before being like, hey, you know that lady that you've heard about? I'm engaged to her also. Uh, she's calling in right now from Skype. So do you want to meet her? But the kids seem fairly chill about it. Honestly, out of the fathers, I think Guy Liner might be the best one. I don't know. His children don't really seem to react uh, poorly to much. We don't really see them much either. So I think that's, you know, unlike Steve, who just carts his children out and is like, hey, I'm going to like hit you in the back of the throat with uh, all this information. You know, I think Guy Liner might be the best father if I had to guess. Just based on what we see. Anyway, um, they're totally chill with it. Tyrion's like, what is an engagement? Oh, okay, you're going to get married? Cool. Whatever. Um, Liam, totally chill. <laughs> Liam really cracked me up when he said that uh, he's cool because more moms, more care, more presents at Christmas. I'm in. The video chat was, you know... Hey, how are you? Did you try the candy that your dad brought back? Cool. Okay, gotta go. Bye. Like, she's perfectly nice. They're perfectly nice. What really was going to happen here? You know, like, we weren't going to be making any waves. It's just a completely polite conversation, introduction. Great. Thank you. Um, after they get off the video chat, Squeaky tells them that obviously Ariel's going to be moving in, but it won't be for a few months, maybe even a year. Liam does have one hesitation because he's like, uh, I think it might be a little bit weird to meet somebody online once and then have them move into the house a year later. And Squeaky's like, don't worry about it. We're planning on some trips. Thank you, TLC. <clears throat> season four, whatever season we're on <laughs> next season. And uh, we'll be introducing you guys face to face before she actually moves in. So that was really it. Right. Squeaky says in a confessional, there have been a lot of uh, failures, to say the least, with regard to their seeking process, but they've got this hottie. They've nabbed an absolute smoke show, and so now everything feels like it was all worth it. And that's really what we can all hope for. You know, maybe you go through some ups and downs, but if you got a hottie at your arm at the end of the day, you know, that's life. Next to my least favorite father, uh, let's talk about Brindle and Steve. Uh, they're moved into their, well, they're moving into their new apartment, uh, apartment, into their new polygamous, polygamous palace. And uh, Brindle seems to be doing most of the work while Steve at some point seems to have procured himself a beer. He really keeps gushing over the fact that He's so excited about April and that you can use the house as an analogy for their relationship with April. And it is, but definitely not in the way Steve thinks it is. Steve thinks that it's an analogy because much like the house and the relationship with April, uh, they're building a good foundation 
and it's almost done, almost right. But to me, I think the analogy is more that uh, Brindle's doing all the work and you're gushing about your 20-year-old child bride. You're just standing over her talking about how great it is while she's doing all the work being like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this relationship is really great. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll just keep unpacking these shot glasses all by myself. Thank you. <sighs> okay, cool. Um, in a confessional, <laughs> April Brindle looks over at uh, Steve and is like, oh, you and your analogies. You and your analogies. Brendel says that things are actually okay between she and April. They're really talking a lot more. They're working on their communication. Things have greatly improved. Steve says he feels like now might be the time to have April move in or at least ask her. And Brendel's like, uh-huh. Yeah, no, um, I definitely think we could talk about that, but not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Then bring, Brendel brings up the fact that April really needs to consider and be ready for the fact that she might be a mother. Does she? I don't think she does. Jane's what, 16? Preston's 18. They're probably not going to be moving into that house. I don't think either of them really are looking to be parented by a 21-year-old, would be my guess. I could be wrong about that, but I I doubt it. I really doubt it. I don't think this is a big concern. And also, Brindle, um, quite as it's kept, you're not a parent to these children. So why should April have to be, you know? I just feel like if we're asking questions, let's ask all of them. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, we can move on. Um, Yeah, God, that was really it from them. That was really it. (laughs) Okay. Um, who should we move on to next? Uh, I think we'll go with Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut and the gang. Uh, Taryn, India, and Peanut are sitting around a bonfire for whatever reason. Uh, Mr. Peanut. The work that he does with these liquor items. His new and inventive ways to drink a lot of liquor, straight liquor, seemingly room temperature brown liquor at all times it's getting concerning at this point i've got a lot of questions so taryn and indy are having their cute little glasses of pink whatever the fuck with ice and he's got a bottle of brown it looks like balsamic vinegar it looks like it could be bourbon cognac maple syrup from a really nice high-end country market. I'm not sure, but he's taking that shit to the dome regardless. And that just feels like a lot. It just feels like a lot for a weekday bonfire behind a restaurant. You know what I mean? Fortunately, Peanut has strayed away from the polo two-piece short set this time. And now we're in a like a three-piece situation where you can, you know, it's cute for the playground if somebody's got a birthday on a Saturday afternoon and then you also can go to uh, Carabas or whatever afterwards with the family. It was a, a good daytime, nighttime outfit. So kudos to him for that. You guys really get into me about, like, not making fun of people's looks or whatever, which I feel like I do a fairly decent job of. It's just these men. It's just these type of men that I talk shit about. Um, 
So I won't go too hard on the fact that I noticed that he had a very difficult time keeping his legs on the bonfire rim, you know, like the part that just like, you know, supposed to separate the fire from the grass. It was, it seemed difficult for him. That was just an observation. Okay. I'm not going to make a joke. I'm just going to tell you what I saw. So he, Bina and nope, he, India and Taryn are talking about Bina and Janae. Whether or not they're interested, how things have been going, etc. And Taryn brings up the fact that to me it kind of seemed like they might be liking Bina more. I mean, I know they have more of a history. Taryn knows her from back in the day, but uh, she brings up a great point of you know Bina lives in wherever the hell she lives. She's got a thriving business. She's got a family. Uh, is it? gonna be something she's really gonna want to leave by moving with us and would it even be feasible these are things that you would think of like date two right right like if things are really going well and you meet this guy right and you're like oh okay he lives out of town maybe he's here on business for a long trip or something and uh, you go on a couple dates, but then you're like, eh, but he lives over in like on the West Coast, you know, is that really feasible? Like, can he come over here? Or can I go over there? Right? Why are we having this conversation now? <laughs> and it seems like a really big logistic. She is a business owner. Is she going to want to leave the state in which she owns a business at? That's a fair question right off the bat. Anyway, I could... If I had a, if I had a nickel for every time I was watching these shows and thought, why didn't they ask this very obvious to me question, uh, much sooner, bitch, I'd be on the Forbes list. Okay. And then India talks about Janae and how she's really been thinking lately about how she would have felt if she was in Janae's shoes and how Mr. Peanut really just sprung the whole, I have two wives situation on her and she probably wouldn't have entertained peanut herself much beyond that first date if it were her taryn kind of agrees and says you know india as far as our situation it was just something that we kind of fell into and i'm like well (laughs) the brainwashing has officially worked you did not fall into this taryn taryn baby you thought you were in a relationship and a monogamous relationship with a guy and then you found out he had like 7,000 other girlfriends. You left and then somehow, big question mark on this one as to what that step is, then suddenly you decide that it was actually a better idea for you to move back in with him than uh, be an independent woman And then you find out that he has a girlfriend, even though it's only been a few months since you dumped him for having girlfriends when he shouldn't. And then you're like, hey, you know that girlfriend? Um, I think we all need to be in a relationship with each other. That, I don't think is something you fall into. That's, yeah, I... (laughs) I... I just fully feel like this is something that she has decided is her truth. And that sucks because I, again, much like the rest of America, don't get it. Does anybody watch this show? 
and understand how this particular family came to be. If you do, please email me at everyonesbusinessbutmine at gmail.com. You can't be Taryn India or Mr. Peanut, okay? (laughs) Or Bina or Janae. Tell me how you think this works. And does it make sense in your mind? Let me know. I'm dead ass, like for real. I'll I'll have the real conversation with you. I want to know. So then Mr. Peanut, who was just in a never-ending hamster wheel of manipulation, announces to Taryn in India that he... I could have been calling him hamster this whole time, and I didn't. See? That's growth. That's growth. Um, He tells them that he really likes India and Bina. Nope. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, you guys. He really likes Janae and Bina, but... You know, there are certain elements where he's rocking with them on a one-on-one level. Like, they're connecting with him on another one-on-one level. And that's really great, but he's just not really sure if he wants to move forward with either of them at this point. And Taryn and India say, you know, that's fine. (laughs) Taryn says, you might just be in a position where you find that you just want to be friends with these women. You know, and is that such a bad thing? Like we at the base of our French, our our relationship have a best friendship. So it's not really a bad thing. Right. And it's just like a lightning bolt strikes Mr. Peanut right in his shell. And he says, oh, it's like it was the first time that it had genuinely occurred to him that he could just be friends with women and not have to force them into marrying him (laughs) you know like honestly I think it genuinely just occurred to him like I could just be friends with them huh okay don't have to marry every woman that I connect with (laughs) huh interesting thank you Taryn I'm really gonna think about that one Then Peanut moves into phase two of his manipulation, which is to tell Taryn and India that he wants to continue to have the freedom to keep looking. And there's just a little bit of a stare down between Taryn, Peanut, and India. But, and by this I mean Taryn and Peanut versus India, as it seems to be in this relationship. They're both looking at her for like to see how she's going to react. And she's like okay she ultimately gives her blessing to continue but she's like you know what I just think we should take our time because we are happy with the uh dynamic that we're in now that's what Taryn says and I think this might be how Taryn strikes back you know I think this is her method of uh getting what she wants is to just like shut up And then just like gently slide something in there for him to think about. I think she has realized that that might be the only way to get it through to Mr. Peanut. He's a tough nut to crack. Feel me? And uh, yeah, I think this is how she works this relationship. Is it working? (laughs) Seems to be working for her. I really wonder, more than anybody this season, I wonder what Taryn thinks when she watches the episodes back. 
Second would be Brindle. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. I really wonder. All right, let's move on to Slick Nick. And actually, really, Danielle, because she got her first um, non-Wilson Phillips affiliated scene with her own friend. So let's celebrate that. They're walking around. We're meeting. Y'all, we got to diversify the names because Danielle's friend's name is Ariel. So now we have two Ariels on the show. And... Two Daniels. No. Two Aprils. Why do I feel like there are two Daniels? It feels like there are two Daniels. There are two Daniels. <laughs> okay, there are because I keep calling her large wife. So we have two Ariels, two Daniels, and two Aprils. And that's really a lot. Anyway, this Danielle is meeting up with her former coworker, Ariel. They're catching up on things and. I'm very curious about Danielle's life outside of this relationship because she's, excuse me, told us in the beginning that she doesn't have family out here, that they live quite far in the other part of the country. And the only person, I mean, granted, not everybody wants to be on TV, but the only person that she's filmed with is a girl that she used to work with. That's it. All right. Um, So we find out that she got a new job and she kind of wants to, you know, 
talk to somebody not in this cult about Slick Nick and Wilson Phillips and the whole thing. Get somebody, get another adult in the room to see how they react. I just want to say with no shade whatsoever, with all the respect in the world, Ariel looks like uh, a young version of the mom from Bob's Burgers. And it's really like, I'm sure she gets that comparison all the time because she's got those red glasses and the dark hair. So really that's not on me. Like, it's a distinct look that she's chosen, but she looks like a young, cute version of her. And that really like highlighted um, and really made these scenes a lot more special for me. Ariel is definitely our voice of reason. The person who's asking the real questions that us, the audience are asking. And I'm very grateful because, you know, we've had about 7,000 questions about this family in the first 12 seconds that we saw them on TV. So Let's chip away at at least seven, can we? Um, So Ariel says in a confessional that she really actually doesn't know too much about this whole relationship dynamic other than Danielle's in a poly relationship with Nick and also that this relationship has progressed rather quickly. They sit down to eat some very clearly undercooked pizza. And I think I'm triggered now because... Shout out to Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast. I did an episode, we did an episode on their show about uh, the Amy's Baking Company episode of Kitchen Nightmares. And there's a lot of undercooked pizza. And now, you know, I watch an episode of something and I think I'm an expert. Uh, you know, I, I read about Jen Shaw and now I'm basically a, <clears throat> a criminal attorney. So I saw their pizza and I'm like, ooh, that looks very undercooked. It just... It, it was that weird, like, mix of, like, just barely crisp on the bottom, but, like, also gooby and, like, oof, ugh, not good. <laughs> At any rate, Ariel asks Danielle if she's really ready to commit to one man for the rest of her life and also share him with three to five other women. <laughs> Danielle says that she's really only curious about how things are going to work for them, you know, to all share a, the same bed. That's her main concern. So Ariel goes, okay, when you say sleep in bed, do you mean that all of you guys are in a king size bed or what? And Danielle's like, uh, well, we're actually going to have to get a custom size bed. And Ariel does that thing where you catch yourself in a laugh. So she goes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like she's just, like, oh my God, girl, I cannot believe what you just said to me. But also, like, I'm really trying to keep it cute because I do like you. It <laughs> really made me laugh. So then Ariel asks about whether or not there are going to be uh, separate quarters for the sex or, you know, what's what's happening. And so Danielle's, like, fielding these questions like a pro. She's like, yeah, you know, we will have another room to do that. And it's fine. It's totally fine. So Ariel says that her biggest concern is that things are just moving too fast. And maybe you feel good now. And then you're going through all of these milestones thinking, okay, this feels good. We've checked this off. We're doing that. Let's just keep moving. And then you get into it and it's not really what you actually wanted that whole time. Which honestly, like, it's it, that's a risk that you make with any relationship if you think about it. Why am I trying to advocate for this? Why, why am I doing 
<laughs> I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. Maybe it's better that the season is ending next week because I think I might be drinking the milk, the Kool-Aid, a little bit too much. Uh, I'm getting too much into it. So Danielle goes on to say that she's really thought about it all. She's considered the fact that she's going to have to be around a lot of women and how that might feel. And she's actually really into it. And she's like, I love, honestly, the idea of there just being... uh, a collective we're pooling all our incomes and we're you know hillary clinton stronger together right and she's like you know but it's also not just about the money because frankly nick isn't bringing a dime into the household (laughs) now the way they they did this in the preview made it seem like we were maybe getting a Danielle who was the escaped prisoner and was like seeing the light and being like, yeah, now that I think about, he actually doesn't bring anything to the table, but she's putting this in as though it's like making a point that is good. And much like Ariel, it didn't quite land with me. Ariel straight up says that she thinks it's weird to have four adults in a situation, one's pregnant, one's not working, and the one who isn't working is not the not not the pregnant one, and he's also the man, right? So Ariel goes, um, is Nick at least bettering himself if he's not working? Danielle has fully bought into this whole Nick needs to read books at home situation. And she's like, you know, he just spends his days reading and writing and he's really good at math. And eventually he's going to be able to pass on all of that knowledge to our kids. Like they live in some fucking village from the Bible times. Like he's fucking, uh, Isaiah or Moses (laughs) coming down from Mount Sinai or whatever happens. To impart wisdom onto the all to all his seeds. Help me. Help us all. Do you think any of these women have heard of Google? Ask Jeeves. Um Juno. Does Juno still exist? <laughs> Yahoo answers. <laughs> Yahoo answers might be a better leader for this family than whatever it is that Nick's saying. Reddit. Reddit, 4chan, don't go to 4chan, but you know what I mean? Like, you, we don't need a man to disseminate information. We have computers for that. That's how I learn literally everything. I just pop it right into Google. <sighs> okay. Twitter, Twitter even. TikTok, TikTok. They could spend 15 minutes before bed scrolling through TikTok for to look up, you know, astral projections and uh, light theory or whatever bullshit Nick is saying that he learned today. You guys could do that on your own. You know? Ariel at this point is looking around like, you know, those old school black and white, like Felix clocks where the eyes would just dart back and forth. She's looking like that, like what is happening to me? So she says, okay, well, don't you feel like Nick might still need to do something, I guess you could say uh, productive? (laughs) Danielle says in a confessional that sometimes she gets a little bit defensive of Nick because she doesn't want it to seem like he's not doing anything. 
Well, listen, I know a phrase, I make a part of wisdom onto you ladies called hit dogs holler. So oftentimes when we're feeling defensive of something, it's because it's hitting our psyche in a way that maybe we might be engaging in this poor behavior, or maybe what somebody's saying is actually true and we're not wanting to face said truth. Okay. That's a little nugget of wisdom. Me to you. Daniel tells Ariel, I want Nick to be able to wake up and to be able to read and to be able to write and to spend time talking to his brother and to frankly spend time doing nothing. Okay. Ariel says in a confessional that she finds it really interesting. The concept of somebody being too smart to work. And she feels like even the smartest people in the world have had some kind of job at some point in their life. So Ariel tells Danielle, her concern is that she says she's ready and that she knows exactly what she's getting into, but that she actually doesn't. So how old is April? Danielle. 22. God. The, just the confidence that you have at 22 that you think you're an adult and that you think you know everything. And I'm thinking back to my 22 year old self. And I, if I heard a 36 year old as I am today person say, Oh, you think you know so much and you don't. And I would be like, Oh, uh, that's just what old people say, but it's fucking true. <laughs> It is so true. Like You think that you have got it all figured out and that you've got all the answers to the questions and then you hit 30 and you look back at your 20s and like, bitch, how did you even be unsupervised? Like, girl, <laughs> you should have been somewhere else, like with somebody making all of your decisions for you. So uh, I really, I feel for Danielle because I do think that she's got it figured. She thinks that, she does have it figured out and she's struggling and we can see it all over her face. That poor sweet face. Oh, God bless her. Danielle tells Ariel that her concerns are valid because it did, their relationship did move really fast, but she wouldn't want it any other way. I think Ariel may have accidentally told on Danielle. Did you guys pick up on this? Because she says at one point that, her concern is that Danielle might one day feel uncomfortable with somebody coming into the situation and being the new girl. Or if somebody comes into the situation or is already in this situation that has more chemistry with Nick or somebody else in the group. I thought that was a very interesting distinction. I think Danielle said at one point that Nick only only wants to have one or two more wives but what okay I thought we were just working in even numbers because they wives had to marry each other so what does wife number five get does she get to marry Ooh, does she finally get to marry Nick even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Stay tuned. All right, you guys. Let's end the episode with large wife Joel and Roberta. Roberta Bass. I'll tell you why I'm going to call her Roberta Bass from now on. So it is the last night in Brazil. Joel has decided to celebrate it by dressing like Woody from Toy Story. Um, Interestingly enough, Danielle says in a confessional that now that they finalize the plans for, like they've booked the ticket for Roberta, now is the time where they can finally relax and enjoy their trip. We're hours into you guys headed back to the airport. (laughs) And you're saying that you've just been on pins and needles this whole fucking time. Well, girl, (laughs) strap in because it's about to get worse. Um, Marcella, the translator, is still there. So they're having dinner, drinks, or whatever, and Marcella asks how they're all feeling now. Joel says that he feels like there was a miscommunication in the past, and people's feelings got hurt regarding to, or referring to, Roberta, you know, not wanting a third wife before she moved to America, and not wanting woman to uh, move in. Leah. (laughs) It really kills me that she called her woman. (laughs) Roberta says that she's feeling better now that they've had a conversation because it feels like a weight has been lifted from her chest. And she says she feels calm now knowing that they're all going to make decisions as a family, right? Together. Once Joel and large wife nod their heads in agreement, Roberta decides to go into alpha dog mode. And she says, you know, I feel like making the decision of adding somebody to the family should be something that we all figure out uh, together. Girl, the weight came off of her chest and the base went right into it, which is why I call her Roberta Base. She's like, first of all, large wife says that she's really confused because she feels like with Leah, they were just trying to get to know somebody and that they've had this conversation with Roberta multiple times. And so she's not really sure why Roberta's upset. They're still not on the same page because Joel says that he is under the impression that moving forward, Roberta doesn't want to court anybody at all, but she's like, no, I am fine with that. I do think we should be seeking another wife. I just want you guys to wait until I get to America. So at this point, large wife is rolling her eyes and crying. A move that, not since me, in my teenage years, do I think I've done. Um, And she says, well, I just thought we were all of this understanding that we were working on God's timing. And Roberta says, well, I don't think God brought Leah into our lives. And I've been telling you guys that from the start. Oh, 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 wah, wah, wee, wah. Joel keeps looking away in the distance and he seems really to be struggling to form any sort of thought in his head. 
at all. So large wife has to take the wheel and she says in a confessional that she's just really confused as to why Roberta keeps bringing this whole Leah situation up when she thought that they had figured everything out. So then Roberta continues to say that if there was, if you guys are telling the truth and you guys were just talking to Leah to get to know her and it wasn't that big of a deal, then they shouldn't have really gone on dates with her and been intimate, right? So Joel says, wait, there was no intimacy. And Large Life says, well, yeah, I mean, maybe a kiss? Is that what you're talking about? And Roberta looks right at her and says, yeah, a kiss is intimate. I know kisses, friends. I only kiss people that I want to be intimate with. Well, okay, Miss Roberta. She's got opinions. Listen, she booked that ticket, or Joel did, and said, I'm putting my foot down, okay? And y'all are going to listen. I. <laughs> this was a, a plot twist that I truly did not expect. Mm. I didn't expect her to be going hard. I expected her to like kind of go the Robin path with a lot of crying, a lot of like, I want the best for this family and I'm just struggling and why isn't this working out? Not like putting her foot down and trying to lay down the law. I didn't expect it, but I'm loving it and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I'm like, damn, we should have had one more episode. And now I really want to know what the hell happened? Why did she unfollow them on Instagram and then follow that escaping polygamy account? Ugh. We need a tell-all. I will host it. Girl, TLC, if you hear this, give me 45 minutes, okay? <laughs> I'll do a five-minute makeup beat, and we can talk about it. It could be a web series. You could pop it on YouTube. I don't care. Let's let's do it. At this point, both of the Maryfields, their jaws are dropped. Slack-jawed, cannot speak. Roberta looks over at Joel and says, If you knew that I wasn't okay with you dating Leah, why did you think I would be okay with you kissing her? Which is a f an extremely fair question. So Marcella is translating this to them. But apparently... We don't really find out the full story, but apparently Roberta just found out about this kissing situation, like, the night before. So she's really hot under that under her pants because this is brand new information for her and she's pissed. So now I really need to know everything. I want to know how they got onto the topic of that conversation. I want to know who told her. Was it Large Wife? Are we going to get some um, shit you didn't see where Large Wife planted this seed because she knew that Roberta didn't know that and now is acting like, oh, wow, I'm really confused as to where all of this reaction is coming from, Roberta. Weird. I... Mm, release the tapes, TLC. Release the tapes. Because until then, I will be pushing the theory that it was Large Wife who knowingly told Roberta that on the night before they left in order to do like a last-ditch Hail Mary <laughs> to get her not to come to America. That's, that's what I'm choosing to believe. So at that point, uh, Roberta says, I need to get up from the table walk away and like clear my head a little bit because I can't do this anymore. 
So she leaves with Marcella. Of course, uh, Joel starts wiping his eyes immediately, but I didn't see a tear come out at that point. Trust me, they come later for sure. But uh, Joel says in a confessional that he feels like Roberta's kind of overreacting because it just doesn't really make sense. But nothing makes sense. Nothing that um, comes in Joel's way of not doing whatever the fuck that he wants to do makes sense to him, you know? So why even bother? You know, this is a real moot point. So then Roberta says in a confessional that she's feeling really strange because in that day, in that moment, she felt really left out. So actually that kind of proves my point that maybe she's the one who said it. Large wife is the one who told her. So then Roberta says that she just needs to pray about it calm her feelings down and large wife at the table is really flailing. And she says on the one hand, she feels like Roberta does want to actually come to America because she booked the ticket. But on the other hand, she feels like Roberta needs to calm down and that they need to figure out some rules as a family. So after a few minutes, Joel and large wife go over to Marcella and Roberta. I would love to know what Marcella said to her. <laughs> I would be dying to know because as they walked up, uh, Roberta was nodding her head like, oh, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. So like, God, again, release the tapes. What did Marcella say to her in that moment? Because we know that she does not think that polygamy is a good idea. <laughs> what did she say to her? This is the shit that we need to see. So Joe tells Roberta that he just wants to get past this as a family. And Roberta just nods her head. So in a confessional, she says she does want to marry Joel, but they have two very different ways of thinking. And things are going to be a challenge because she's kind of like India. Like she feels like Joel and large wife have their click and she's on the other side and that they have a very different way of navigating life than she does. And especially when it comes to adding another person to the family, but says, you know what? I love Joel. So I'm going to keep going. Joel says in a confessional that as a Christian family, they love and forgive each other. And so he's committed to Roberta. So then we get to the final morning. They're having breakfast and they're getting ready to pack and leave. And Joel's nipples are protruding in a way that they usually do when he's not with Roberta. So she's planning on leaving. We find out to come to America in 30 days. And as they're getting ready to leave, of course, Roberta and Joel are weeping silently and looking in each other's eyes. And Danielle says, you know, that thing about how God says that he holds your tears in a bottle. Can you imagine how big our bottle must be? <laughs> Great question, Danielle. <laughs> Great question. It's probably a trough at this point just a trough with a nice little runoff pipe just to make sure things don't get too crazy uh so roberta then gets in a cab but before she does danielle basically begs her like hands on the shoulders direct eye contact please do not let anything get in the way of you getting on the plane roberta like please please oh i don't I'm really wondering, like, what is going through Large Wife's mind at this point? I I really want to know. Um, because she really vacillates between, like, 
Well, at this point, she's now fully shift, shifted into we've invested so much of our time and money into Roberta and basically we need her to come to America so that I feel like it was all worth it, which is a very strange way to approach a relationship that's like supposed to be your sister wife and your partner, you know? It just seems like a bad way to approach a relationship, but, you know. <laughs> None of these are great. None of these are great. I'm missing the Winters. The win- Every time I think about the Winters, I'm like, God, what a normal family. <laughs> and with that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or over on Spotify, I would really, really appreciate it. Love you. Be back next week for the finale. Bye.